Hello and welcome to the PR department podcast. You're through to your host, Katie Braden, and welcome to episode eight. So today is all about things I do as a freelancer that just makes sense. So I've been freelance now for six years, like almost to the month. Um, Ironically, I started my business um, six years ago, a few days before the actual tax year started, which in hindsight was really stupid because then I had these like random few days in a different tax year, which... um, top tip don't do that wait till the tax year comes around if you're near to that date you might as well do it to make it nice and clean whereas I think I had like six days that were in a different year and obviously in the eyes of HMRC it all has to be accounted for so that was fun um but yeah I've been freelance for six years um I've done it in lots of different ways and circumstances. Like I feel like I've been through so many kind of quote unquote like phases of being a freelancer and also phases of my life where I've freelanced very differently. Like how I was living my life freelancing when I first started versus how I live my life now in terms of like habits, work-life balance, etc, etc. Um... I feel like I've gone through a fair few number of phases, maybe more than the average person should have in six years, but here we go. Um, I think I have a pretty good grip on like top tips by this point. Like I feel like I've got a few in the bank that can be shared. Um, Some of them to me are like second nature after all of this time. Um, Some of them have been really, really hard lessons to learn. And through conversations that I have like via DM or whatever with people who follow me for being a freelancer and for that kind of advice, um, some of the things I think are obvious are actually not until you've had to do it. So I thought this episode would be useful in that perspective. So the first thing that I want to cover is obviously something that everybody talks about when you're freelance and that is being paid. Um... I feel like it's like the number one thing that kind of puts people off being freelance or it's the number one thing that people have a problem with when they are freelance is being paid. Um, One thing I will never understand and please if you if I'm missing something here like head over to the um, PR department podcast over on Instagram and write me a DM or leave me a comment but I have never been able to get my head around why people do pay in 30 days or pay in 60 days invoices it's never made sense to me like if you are employing somebody to do a job at the beginning of that job you'll agree a fee so as far as I'm concerned unless your job is to sell a certain number of products or make a certain amount of money which in PR it is not the client or whoever is employing you to do that job should already have that money or means to get that money by the time it comes around to you finishing the project or whatever it is or by the time it comes around to paying your retainer like that money should be coming in or in the bank so I've never understood why brands or companies would want a payment 
why you would accept uh not brands or companies sorry why freelancers would accept like a 30-day payment turnaround like for me for example I have a monthly retainer I charge at the end of the month which means I'm charging for work that has already been completed so if I then had a pay in 30 days invoice I would basically be working for two months with like no payment if they decided to like sweat that 30 days and pay me on the 30 days I will have started the contract worked two months and then got paid for the first month like it just doesn't make sense so all of my invoices are payment on receipt so what that means is what it says like when you get the invoice you pay it um on my invoices, which is stated in my contracts, um, there's a 10-day grace period. So I have 10 working days. That is kind of like you have 10 days to pay, essentially. Um, I mean, most people will just pay it straight away. Some people wait until the very 10th day to pay it. Either is fine. As soon as you then go over that 10 days, then the invoice is overdue. So another thing that I have in my contracts is that you can charge interest, you can terminate the work. Um, I'm kind of going into like another topic here in the terms of contracts. Um, But for me, how I run it, and I have absolutely no problem telling people how I run it because it makes sense. Um, I have a payment on receipt. If I don't receive the payment in 10 days, I stop working. And for other PRs, I'm sure they're thinking like, that's obviously going to be detrimental to the client. And yes, it is. So they should make it a priority to pay me. Um, Like, you know, when you switch it around, like these companies are making more money than your invoice or so they should be otherwise they shouldn't have employed you in the first place so for them to pay you on time is just like for me that's respect like if you pay me on time you have a respect for me how I work and you have a respect for how I run things like if you don't pay your freelancers I just see it as the absolute form of disrespect so I've absolutely no qualms in downing tools even if I'm in the middle of a project because like this isn't a charity I work for a fee and if the fee is not paid you know then what are you supposed to do like <laughs> you know you you can't eat pieces of coverage like that's not how it works so usually I'll you know hit them up after 10 working days and be like hey you know your invoice hasn't been paid it's overdue I usually then give them a couple of days and then I'll I'll email again and just say hey because I haven't had any communication from you and your invoice is still not paid I'm gonna down tools for the time being usually at that point you'll get a panicked email like oh no so sorry like I forgot I'll pay it straight away or whatever whatever and it's usually resolved um another thing that this protects me from is working for too long whilst not being paid so something that I never ever understood when I was in PR agencies um was when like clients would rack up like bills on bills on bills that they haven't paid like I was working in an agency once and they had this one client and they hadn't paid for months and I think the invoice was like at this point they owed like over 10 grand which to me I couldn't fathom because I was like after they didn't pay the first invoice why are you then carrying on working for free like I do not understand it um so yeah 
I'm not going to basically carry on working because then you're going to come to the end of the next month and before you know it, they owe you two invoices instead of one. I have done that before and been owned owed double. So like then you're chasing double the amount of money, which is even harder for the client to pay. And if they haven't paid you the first one, it's going to be even harder to chase them for two. You get where I'm going with this. Um, so yeah, I'm really, really strict on that, like 10 days and then you're in the danger zone um but you know my con going on to my next point actually which is having a watertight contract um that's all explained in the contract like it's super super clear um there's also a clause in my contract whilst we're talking about invoices um which covers interest so like if it goes on for a certain period of time I am within my right to charge interest this is something I've never done because for me um if you've not paid me the invoice like I'd rather just cut you off and just get you to cover the the work that's been paid I don't really have any interest in charging interest um I just want to be paid fairly for the work that I've done like I'm not interested in getting more out of you I just want to be paid for you know what we agreed so I've never done that but it is in my contract so I could if I wanted to so yeah on to the next point contracts and how they have to be watertight again something that I have never understood talking to freelancers is why you would ever like start work or continue to do work without a contract in place like you're literally asking for trouble um the way that I describe it is always like a marriage so like when you start with a client or when things are good with a client it's kind of like your honeymoon period and everything is great and dandy and fine um and then when things go sour which in business they can for a multitude of reasons sometimes it's nothing to do with you things can go sour really quickly people cannot pay their invoices really quickly at that point it becomes like a messy divorce and you start squibbling over things and squabbling over things and how you thought a person would react when you're in your honeymoon phase you're judging person when they're sort of in a good frame of mind things can turn nasty and things can come out of people that you never would have anticipated so like I've had clients before where I thought they were like the nicest like fairest people I thought that our morals were aligned and like we were very similar types of people when you get into that messy divorce stage a whole different side comes out like a whole different side and that is where having a watertight contract is so important because all of the emotion like there's no emotion in a contract it's factual and it's black and white and it's legally binding so when situations turn sour and people turn ugly which it can happen in business um especially when people are like being pushed to pay money that they don't want to pay um you know that's when facts figures black and white legalities like those are the things that are going to save you and those are the things are going to make sure that you know people don't owe you money um also at the contract stage I would like love to reiterate this to everybody because I don't think everybody knows this when somebody sends you a contract it's not like this is the contract full stop a contract when you're working through it whether it be a brand a client whatever it's a negotiation so when you receive that contract it's a base level of one party's version of how they would like the relationship to go so if there's something in there that you don't want in there or you want to change or you know figures that aren't right or whatever whatever 
clauses that you're not comfortable with, get them amended. Like don't sign contracts or don't create contracts that you're not 100% happy with because I guarantee you that one thing that you just kind of like overlooked, that will become the problem. Um, I mean, my contracts have saved me many a time and this is something that I'll go on to next. Um, But when you actually have to use a contract, it's really important that you know, you stand by everything in it and also that it's really clear and both sides understand it. Um, So on to my next point. People, I think this is like the number one conversation that I have with freelancers sort of in my DMs on Instagram is um, what to do when somebody owes you money. Like, because when you're a freelancer, like, you've got no account department, you've got no, um, what are they called? Unions or like whatever. You've got nobody protecting you. Like it's literally you yourself and you. Um, and that's it. So if you're saying to somebody, pay me money and they're saying no, and you're saying pay me and they're saying no, like what's the next move? And it can be so terrifying and really frustrating, especially like if you don't have a lot of money in the bank, if you're just starting out and somebody's refusing to pay you something that essentially could be you paying your bills, like what do you do in that scenario? I found myself in that scenario pretty early on, as most freelancers will, like it's just the nature of the beast. And I actually now work with a debt collector and I have done for probably about five years. He's my favorite person in the entire world and I can't even tell you how many people I have given his number to and how many other people he's helped because when you're the only one fighting for you, having somebody who just comes in and has your corner, has your side, is able to advise you and also puts a buffer between you and that toxic person or client who is putting you in this position where you even have to get a debt collector in the first place um, is a godsend. I um, get really, really stressed out when it comes to chasing money, especially when dealing with like slippery clients or people who are really trying to get out of it. Like it causes me constant anxiety. Like it's the first thing I think about in the morning. It's the last thing I think about at night. And as a business owner, whether you're a PR, a creative, an influencer, a brand owner, whatever it is, like I don't care who you are, that is going to drain you and it's also not your strength. So why should you waste time where you could be making money elsewhere and making other clients, brands, whatever, happy when you've got all of your energy being sucked by some moron who won't pay their bills? So I always, like when it gets to a point where I need to chase money, I hand it over to my debt collector because it just means that he's got it and he's going to handle it. I've delegated that task and it's no longer mine to bear. It eliminates so much stress, I can't even tell you. And so many people have been like, oh, is it legal? Is it dodgy? No, no, it's your money that you are getting back. Like they should have paid it to you in the first place. Like you've, when it comes to money, it really is black and white. When it comes to contracts, it really is black and white. Like, you can't skirt around it and also if you get if you let one person get away with it 
everyone will think that they can get away with it with you and you do not want to be in that position when you are a one-man band because honestly it's scary enough as it is you do not need people coming to take advantage of you um so yeah I've set that precedent really early on I work with a debt collector I don't care who knows it um you know a lot of my friends now work with him and have said how incredible he is um also how it works with a debt collector by the way how I work with mine is if he gets my money back I pay him 10% if he doesn't get any money back I don't pay him anything so it's worth a try you know it's not like court fees where you have to foot thousands and thousands of pounds before you even know if you're going to get anything back it's a quick process it's usually over in a few weeks depending on the circumstance and again coming back to the contract that's when it's so important to have that contract watertight because obviously when you're then working with a debt collector if you haven't got a contract you haven't got a leg to stand on like you literally don't so make sure you have all of those things in place um just touching on another point that I've just popped down in terms of contracts is that make sure that contract is signed and filed before you start work. Um, With PR in particular, like I can't talk for other industries, but when you have that new business meeting with that client, they and they they decide that they want to work with you there's a level of extreme excitement like from both parties because it's new it's exciting like there's so many things they want to get going straight away they want to kick it off fine sign the contract then end of story like if you're excited and you want to kick it off right away sign the contract send it back to me sign the contract because honestly I've had circumstances like not of the client it hasn't been the client's fault it's just been out of like excitement and an experience but they've like not signed the contract for like two weeks maybe after the new business meeting and I get constant emails like oh can we do this can we do that can we get going can we get going no sign the contract you have to <laughs> I must sound like such a horrible person in this episode But I feel so strongly about setting these really, really strong barriers when you start out because honestly, you set a precedent for like how the relationship is going to run. And if you give them an inch, they will take a mile. And that is, you know, even if they don't mean to, like even the clients with the best intentions, you know, at the end of the day, we're all running a business here. Um, It's difficult. Like it's a difficult market. PR is difficult, you know, from both sides. So when you have these things done in black and white, as I said earlier, it just takes all of the emotion, all of the personality, all of the perspective, all of that out of it. It's clean, it's simple, highly recommend. Um, Another thing that comes back to contracts but is like a thing in itself is your termination clauses. Get your termination clauses in black and white. I know I keep saying it but termination is the part of that messy divorce period that I sort of touched on earlier um it can be really hard and if you don't have a termination clause that maps out how terminations happen and when I say terminations by the way I mean termination of contract or like end of relationship that's what I mean just in case you didn't know that um you know those are the things that people are gonna squabble with you over and try and bend things over um so mine is uh usually 30 days so you need to give me 30 days notice if you want to end the working relationship or contract so um how that would work is someone says hi don't want to work with you anymore I go sweet 
will finish on this date. And then I let them know, like, for example, if they finish in the middle of the month, they'll be charged halfway into the next month and when they'll be invoiced for those extra things. Um, Something that I do as a gesture of goodwill, uh, sometimes if, uh, obviously every circumstance is different, but if, for example, there's like no PR activity going on, like I've had that before where the client literally has nothing going on and if they hadn't have terminated, I would have terminated because it wouldn't even be fair for them to be working with me because there's just nothing happening. Not for anybody's fault, it's just because like maybe they're a small business and their focus is elsewhere, it's not on PR. I don't need to be there, basically, like I don't need to be employed. Um, for that if they terminate I would kind of say okay would you like to terminate immediately like I'd be happy to waiver the 30 days because there's nothing to wrap up there's nothing to hand over and you'd basically just be taking money from them for an extra 30 days for like no reason so I think like as a gesture of goodwill I always offer that if there is no PR activity happening however the reason for the 30-day period um, in PR specifically is that we work quite far in advance and we also have like a lot of ongoing projects and we work in communication. So for me, 30 days is enough time to wrap up anything that you're working on, manage communication with anybody you're working with in terms of like influencers, press, etc. to let them know that you are no longer going to be the contact and to make sure that the client has a proper handover. So if they are going to move to another PR or another agency or whoever it is, like they've got a nice little package of where you've left off to be like, this is where my old PR left off, let's start afresh. And, you know, you might feel salty over doing that because someone's going to like pick up where you left off. But that is your due diligence as, you know, the role that we play in people's businesses. Like it happens, get over it. Like the best thing that you can do for your client is make sure that the handover is properly done like that is what they are paying that 30 days for Um, and I do feel like that's really important like if uh, from a brand perspective and like a client perspective if you just down tools like do not expect your PR to then like shift opportunities your way like for example if you just down tools you don't want to do 30 days you just cut it off which by the way is against the contract anyway so usually it would not slide with me but if you do that Um, and then a member of press comes to me like asking for images or quotes to feature you like there is no way in hell I'm gonna give them like there's just not because you've not given me chance to wind things down like I'm not gonna pass them an info at email I'm not gonna tell them who your new PR is like no sorry like that is a service and you've chosen not to do it in the correct way so you know another thing that would um mean termination is obviously like if a brand or a client like loses all of their money like but that is all in the contract anyway like you should you know plan for liquidation back bankruptcy etc etc I know it sounds like situations that probably will never happen but as I said earlier I guarantee you if you leave it out of the contract it is the one thing that will come back to bite you in the bum Okay, so I asked over on Instagram, like I said that I was going to record this episode and I asked if there was anything that you guys wanted me to cover. So I really want to get through them all because I really appreciate you sending them in. Um, So the first one was time management. (sighs) 
okay. I feel like time management needs to be a whole podcast of its own because I think it's a skill that I a naturally possess like I do think that organization and time management is one of my talents even if I do say so myself I mean for those of you who don't know I used to be a professional dancer um I was classically trained and I come from that background so I think a huge part of like time management discipline like all of that kind of stuff was ingrained in me before I entered into like this freelance landscape Um, and it's something that I've really honed in on and developed throughout my kind of six years doing this. Um, So the main thing I would say when you're managing time is prioritizing. So you have to focus on what you need to prioritize and that will be different hour on hour, day on day, especially when you're busy. The thing that will mess you up time-wise is having other people dictate your time or your schedule. You have to dictate your time and your schedule. You have to do what you need to get through and, you know, doing things for other people, working around other people's time restrictions, etc, etc. Like, obviously, you know, when you're planning meetings and things like that needs to be collaborative. Of course, you know, I'm not crazy. But you know, saying no to things that don't serve you in any way. Like we're running a business here. Like these people are not your friends. Like obviously, yes, we have friends in business, but you know, it's not like you can just come and go like willy nilly. Like if something doesn't serve you business wise, like a good example of this would be like if somebody asked me to sit in a meeting that has no relevance to PR, I don't need to be there. Say no, because if you say yes, you've just lost that hour or two hours or whatever it is like you have to be strict with what is on your plate and what sits on your plate directly in front of you is your priorities so you know top priority comes first and then so on and so forth that would be one of my top tips for time management but honestly I could talk about time management all day because I have so many systems and so many things that I've put in place like my calendar is crazy like I even schedule things like wake up lunch gym take my dog out like you know things that to some people are second nature like that's actually in my calendar because if it's not in my calendar then how do I know that there's time in the day to do it you know um but yeah if you want a full episode on like organization and time management again head over to the PR department podcast Instagram and let me know because honestly I could talk about it all day Um, So the next one is uh, price increases. So this one I find super interesting because it made me think about how I've managed it Um, because the way that I've managed it is not really like the traditional way of like, oh, inflation, it goes up every year. I've not done that. So I've had the some some of my clients that I've had like I've had them for the full 6 years and I don't mind being transparent and saying like I've never increased their prices ever which if I was like a business coach or like looking at my business from the outside um they would probably tell me that I should have but I haven't where I increase my prices is for new clients. Like what I would have accepted as a monthly retainer at the start of my business versus now is very different. It's very different. Um, 
and that's kind of how I've managed it for me I'm able to manage it manage it in that way and it doesn't really impact me because um, I'm not directly impacted by inflation in terms of my business expenses being a PR working freelance I don't have an office I don't have really any overheads um, so you know I'm not paying rent on a studio I'm not paying for company cars or like whatever I'm not paying for products stuff like that that obviously inflation makes a huge impact on for example like hairdressers like their rent goes up every year the cost of the shampoo that they use to wash your hair goes up every year. The cost of like employing an assistant goes up every year. So those are businesses that absolutely have to put their prices up every year. Otherwise, they're literally like selling themselves short. Um, I had a, convers- a really brief conversation about this with a friend of mine who was like, um, you know, I have a studio he teaches yoga so he rents a studio so for him to cover the cost of his expenses he has to put his prices up but he says he kind of does it the same way as me in terms of like for his old like loyal clients he'll put it up just enough to cover the costs but then for new clients there's a higher premium so yeah maybe that's helpful I feel like everybody does it different and honestly every business structure is different so you charge what you need to charge never sell yourself short ever ever um we work too hard for that so on to the next point is work-life balance um I wish I'd cracked the code on this one I do feel like I have a good grip on it at the moment but god has it been a struggle to get here um i think the in a nutshell again this is a topic like such a huge topic but in a nutshell i think the main thing is boundaries again saying no like have your working hours you know where i have time in my diary booked out for gym lunch walk my dog blah 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 you know breaks that you would have in a corporate environment you know it's not like I'm taking the mick but if I'm doing those things and my phone starts ringing like you know I'm giving attention to the thing that I'm doing in that moment unless it's an emergency like that could be a scheduled call and that's another thing like scheduling things in like not replying to things late at night early in the morning like being strict on your working hours is so important um also dividing physical space like don't work where you sleep don't sleep where you work um I think that kind of like skims the very very top of the iceberg on that topic but again I like I could talk about it actually all day it's kind of terrifying um but yeah boundaries really really strict boundaries um and don't feel bad don't ever ever feel guilty for setting a boundary because boundaries are what will produce a healthy long-lasting relationship when you don't set boundaries it creates tension because you end up like hating the person for something you didn't even know they were doing wrong like they didn't even know they were doing anything wrong and you hate them honestly it will kill you over time like set your boundaries and don't feel guilty about it and anybody who pushes your boundaries or doesn't respect them doesn't need to be working with you as far as I'm concerned um so following on from that avoiding burnout so I feel like I literally cannot answer this question because I myself have not cracked the code (laughs) I have not cracked the code um 
so a prime example of that is like I basically worked myself into the ground like a few weeks ago I then went on holiday with my family like straight away and the minute I like relaxed I ended up with like three cold sores like mild tonsillitis and I was super drained like mega drained um and that is extreme burnout you know like I pushed myself to the point where I'd made myself physically sick and if you don't stop your body will stop you like I'm such a huge believer in that um over the years when I was a professional dancer like I used to push and push and push and push as you do because you have to and my body would physically stop me every time and that is a really toxic kind of thing that I've had in my life where I don't stop until I physically have to and that's something that as I've gotten older I've realized is not okay and is not normal (laughs) it's not normal um so I'm that's something I'm really working on to be honest like on a usual general like week I'm really good at avoiding burnout because I I think I have pretty good work-life balance but when I let things run away with me um and I get pulled in a million different directions which like you know none of us are perfect we can't manage it all all the boundaries in the world sometimes I still get mega burnout so yeah I think just noticing the signs like there are always signs when you're going to burn out and take that rest when you need to um because if you burn out you're useless to everybody you know if you can't if you're sick or if your brain is completely drained because you're burnt out like what use is that you're not on top form so I think take breaks take time out go on holiday like it's so important like you know that feeling when you go on a holiday like a proper holiday and you come back and you're so excited like for me I get excited to come back to work because I'm full of energy I'm creative I've had ideas because I've actually allowed myself time to do nothing so important especially if you work in a creative space or like a high pressure space breaks super super important and over covid that's something I really missed but now that we're out of covid it's something I'm really really prioritizing actually is taking breaks going away doing things that feed my soul and not just like my work life super super important um this is another really really good one uh it says I'm just going to read it so that I can like answer it spot on it says working for friends what do you do when they ask for PR or expect a discount dun, dun, dun. so I have a, um, a personal story with this one and I feel like <laughs> if my friend is listening which she should be because she's my bestie but if she's listening she's gonna know this is about her and it's gonna be blatantly obvious but she knows um what I'm about to say so I feel like it's fine anyway so when I first started out I had a really kind of solid idea in my mind of what a client was and what a friend was and to me they were completely different like I've always been very like prideful on how professional I am and in a professional environment you are not my friend and I know that sounds horrible but I think obviously like as this person has asked like it does get really challenging especially when there's money involved like how to keep that professional and how the lines don't get blurred because it can be 
difficult because then you're basically putting an emotional relationship that needs nourishment and love into a business kind of mold which I still think nine times out of ten does not work however um so I took on this client and at the beginning she wasn't my friend she was a client um and she was always like asking me to go to dinner and like do this and do that and I always thought that these dinners were like meetings so I would go like you know all hyped up like ready to do a meeting and then she would just like of course we'd like discuss business stuff but it was basically like just to hang out and my brain for a while was like completely confused on like how to handle this because I was like she's my client she's not my friend she's my client she's not my friend but over time like I grew to like have genuine love for this person and like a friendship really blossomed and she's literally like my best friend now so it goes to show like when you're open to things you know it's fine it can work but we've found a way to make sort of friendship and business work and honestly at times it has been strained but I think what makes it work is that we have like a lot of trust and a lot of honesty with each other um so like there was a particular time again I'm sure she'll know exactly what I'm talking about where like we were doing a launch there was lots of like logistic things that were going wrong it was really stressful on all sides and I remember having a phone call with her and I was like I love you to death but I need you to do x y and z like I need you to make this better I need this communication to be better and I need this this and this from you so it was kind of like I feel like that's a good friendship anyway like having that really straightforward communication I feel like that has saved both our business relationship and our friendship and actually made us stronger over time is having that like transparency with each other. Um, I also was working with an assistant like for a few years and again at the end of that business relationship she was my one of my best friends you know and you know I still keep in touch with her to this day I still am there for her like if she ever needs me as a friend as a mentor like whatever she needs she's there so I would say like over the last six years I went into this with a very definite idea of what is friendship and what is business and I kind of surprised myself because I now have so many dear dear friends who I cherish who I who have started out as business associates um you know it does it can be done and I think just having like that honesty and transparency is so important and when that gets lost that's when it goes to shit basically like that's when bad stuff happens and you end up losing both relationships I think um when it comes to like starting a relationship with a friend like if someone's already your friend and they want to go into business with you again like I think same rules apply like they get a contract they get a monthly retainer they are treated as a client because they have wanted to shift the relationship into a business setting so then you control the setting like you set the boundaries and you tell them this is how I work if you want to be my client you know they obviously value your your work and they think you're really good and they want to work with you because they as a friend they can obviously see that you're good at your stuff so you know treat them like a client then um in terms of asking for a discount no (laughs) no 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 I think like that's just kind of cheeky and I also think it's kind of disrespectful um I mean yeah like 
your fees are your fees and if you are like booked blessed and busy which like a lot of us are um you know you doing a cheeky discount for your friend you still have to provide them with a full service which is really difficult so then if a client comes along who's willing to pay full price your friend has already taken up that spot and that energy so it's not fair like you either come on board and you are my client as well as my friend you know a client in every sense you pay your bill you get your invoice you have your contract or like no like I just think that's where you know the boundaries are muddy and I think starting a relationship off on a discount like you're discounting yourself and I just think it's kind of disrespectful like if a friend of mine asked for a discount I'd be like do you actually know me at all like are we even friends you know because I honestly like I give out advice for free to my friends, of course, but if I was going to take them on as a client, I don't think any of my friends would ask me for a discount because they respect me too much. I would like to think so anyway. Any of my friends, if you want to slide into my DMs and tell me otherwise, then I know that you're listening to my podcast and we can still be friends. (laughs) So um, the last one, again, is kind of like on an organizational kind of vibe, Um, but staying organized staying organized so I am such a believer in like tidy environment tidy mind and that also comes to like you know your notes your laptop your phone like keep everything tidy keep it tight run a tight ship um your digital calendar is your best friend your to-do list is your best friend um highlighters or I do my to-do list on my emails so that I can like highlight the different lines I use a traffic light system like I've spoken about this numerous times where it's really funny because it's actually the only thing that that I think I learned at school which was the traffic light system of like um, if something's urgent then it's red if it's like not that urgent then it's orange and if it's like can be done next year green and then like as it gets done it gets ticked off so that helps me to prioritize within my to-do list Um, I also have a weekly to-do list and also a daily to-do list this lists on lists on lists around here honestly Um, but I think whatever you can implement like whether it's like a Trello or like whatever it is like whatever you need to implement for your organization just keep it tight and keep it clean I think if you have systems that are tight and clean no matter what you use or what works for you it'll run smoothly um that is like the main thing for me and I think being a PR especially working across multiple clients like it's so important um but yeah I mean again another huge huge topic like that's not literally the be all and end all but it's the tip of the iceberg kind of jam um so fun fact usually when I record my podcast like I have a little pause button here where I can like hit pause when I need to like take a break or like check my notes or whatever I think I paused that whole thing like twice and I've just talked for 43 minutes non-stop <laughs> so <laughs> I honestly love being freelance I think it's the most amazing blessing for people who work with that environment and working for yourself is like the greatest gift and it's something that I'm literally so grateful for every single day of my life like being able to work for myself and have my own clients and my own business is like such 
a thing I cherish and it's a huge blessing um but I'm so passionate about like how it works and how I'm constantly improving and I have so many conversations with people who are like oh you encourage me to go freelance or like you help me with this or you help me with that like I'm so passionate about like sharing that knowledge and being open because I really don't think people are talking about this behind the scenes, especially not in PR because we're all so guarded and I don't know why. So I hope that some of those um, tips, tricks, pieces of advice, things I've learned, you know, like don't learn the hard way. Maybe you can like skip that part. Um, But yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed the episode and I will see you on the next one. Bye.